0: You are listening to an Awkward Human podcast. For more information on this podcast or all of our shows, visit awkwardhuman.com/slash shows.
1: Ooh, child, things are gonna get nerdier. Welcome back to another episode of Interview with a Comic Book Nerd. I am your host. Richard, got of the mess that's me hey everyone but oh the dog is bugging but I don't know I guess that's a great way to start off the show uh anyway we're here how's everyone doing I'm doing pretty good uh let's see I first of all have to apologize to everyone um I know that this is pretty much a week late uh sorry things are a bit hectic right now with uh, my actual real job and then uh, with some stuff that I'm dealing with, uh, not like bad stuff, but um, stuff that I'm doing and, and trying to, I'm just really busy at the moment. So it, it's, it's been a, a hard time getting getting to this again. But uh, yeah, so sorry, but over the next few uh, weeks, probably like the next month or two, the these episodes are only going to be coming out every other week. Um, like I said, I'm really busy with some stuff right now. I have uh, some deadlines that I have to meet and I don't want to stop doing the show altogether at all ever uh so i'm gonna just be scaling back a little bit but uh don't worry i still have some great interviews that are going to be coming up still more people to talk about so yeah don't worry about it we'll still be here they'll just be a little less frequent but then hopefully i get to revamp once things settle down uh yeah that's that's it um how are you guys doing tell me everything uh i am doing pretty good uh Let's see. Nothing quite exciting, though. I mean, there are exciting things, but stuff that I'm still not talking about or that I can't talk about quite yet or that I just don't want to talk about quite yet. I want to there's going to be some stuff coming out for you guys. Uh, or if you're not interested, you don't have to, you know, pay attention to what it is. But <laughs> uh, there's some stuff that I'm doing that will be coming out uh, soon, hopefully. And I'm really excited about it. I've been working on it for like a year. It's basically a web series that I'm working on. Um I've been working on it for quite a quite a while and I think it's about time that it it stops being worked on and is just given to the world already because enough is enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so anyway, welcome to the show. I don't have any any big updates for you guys as far as what I'm doing, what I'm up to. There is a recommendation that I have that I'm very excited to share, but that's going to be at the end as always. I'm not going to tease it this time. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is this time at the top of the show. Sometimes I do that, but whatever, you know, uh, it's okay. (laughs) Anyway, uh, let's get into the recap. Yay. So uh, I noticed that I had been doing a lot of recent stuff. And so this time I'm going to do, I'm going to go back a little bit again. Um, I did, I went back what, like once or twice or something, but we're going to go back to the eighties. And this is going to be new mutants. Yay, this is New Mutants number three. Uh, okay, so I just started reading New Mutants, and if you guys remember, I did a team-up recap once, and I was talking all about uh, Shan Kui Man, right? Uh, so this is New Mutants. She's on this team. They're a new book. Uh, and, yeah, so let's get into it. Uh, this is written by Chris Claremont. Pencils by Bob McLeod. Inks by Mike Gustavich. Colors by Glynis Wine-Ween. Uh, and letters by Tom Orzakowski. I hope that's how you pronounce that. Uh, yeah. All right. So let's get into I'm sorry. I'm like my my voice is going in and out and in and out, right? Because I'm moving around a little too much. I, I'm like hyper for whatever reason. I think it's because it's like the first time I get to be back in a while. But anyway, uh, let's get into the recap. All right. So this one is going to be a little longer since they're all new characters I haven't really talked too much about. So yay. Uh, We open up with Danielle Moonstar, a.k.a. Mirage. I don't know if she's going by Mirage at this point, but uh, I think it's Psyche, I think, is what she's going by at this point. But her official name is going to be a Mirage in the future, uh, which is what everyone's going to know her as. So anyway, Danielle Moonstar, a.k.a. Mirage, uh, she can conjure up images of people's greatest fears or desires. Uh, That's her mutant ability. She's a mutant. So uh, she's awoken by thunder one night and she looks out the window and sees like a toothy-ass creature outside and she flips out. So she grabs this big knife that she hides under her pillow, you know, just in case. (laughs) And, well, you know, sometimes you're scared of the things that might go bump in the night. So you keep a huge knife under your pillow. Who hasn't been there? Well, anyway, she she, uh, she thinks to herself that the creature looks a little bit like the creature that attacked her when she was in the danger room unsupervised. Uh, This happened like the last issue, I think issue number two or number one. I don't remember. I think it's number two though. Yeah. We're only on number three. So in issue number two, she gets trapped in the danger room. She's trying to like do exercises by herself and she accidentally gets trapped in there and it kind of goes wild. Uh, So anyway, there's this creature that showed up in there that looks like the creature that's outside her window right now. So, She goes and she checks the window, but the creature's gone, and she begins to think that maybe she's, like, somehow using her own powers on herself. When suddenly, the creature comes out of the shadows and attacks her. Like, it's just inside her room. Like, no windows were open, no doors were open. It's just in her room now. So, yeah, it attacks her. She stabs it with a knife and, like, runs from it thinking she's thinking of the other mutants. Uh, that are in the house and she sees mental images of them all dead. And she tries to make an escape, but the creature grabs her and turns into a bear. Uh, this terrifies her because her parents were killed by a bear. Um, she screams and incomes Rob uh, Roberto da Costa, which uh, wakes her from a dream. So apparently she was dreaming. Um, so Roberto is a mutant that uses, uh, this is weird for me to explain. Uh, he, he uses the power of the sun to, like, turn into this dark matter flying flame thing person thing. (laughs) I don't really know. Uh, But he's really strong when he's in that form, and his codename is Sunspot. Uh, So he and the rest of the residents surround her as she explains what's happened to her, but they all tell her that she was just dreaming. Professor X tells her to go back to sleep, and they all leave. And then she discovers her bloodied-ass knife in her bed, and she's like, "Mm, okay, maybe not so much a dream. So she gets up so she can go show the professor, but she she overhears him talking to Moira McTaggart. She's this Scottish scientist that specializes in mutants. She's a human, but helps the professor a bunch. So the professor is telling Moira that he thinks Danielle's got some mental issues and doesn't know what to do. Danielle, of course, is distraught by this and starts to question her own sanity Moira, on the other hand, uh, she's on the line. She basically shuts him down, calling it like, quote unquote, unadulterated rubbish. Um, she asks she asks him if he's scanned her brain or done any kind of research into the matter. And Xavier like sheepishly admits he has not. And uh, Moira basically tells him not to bother her again until he's done his job. So praise it be to Moira McTaggart for not putting up with Xavier's bullshit um sean cassidy aka banshee his code name gives his power away uh, <laughs> he screams um he's with moira and they start talking about getting married and having children there's something about moira's son who was killed because he was evil they called him proteus i don't really know what's going on with that um but that happened a while ago i guess uh people uh Also, apparently Charles and and Moira were in love at some point and he has a child, but not with her. Someone somewhere only she knows, Um, but it's not hers. And he doesn't know about the child. I don't know. It's not really relevant to this issue. (laughs) Um, But anyway, later Sean is outside. This is Banshee. He's outside wishing he could like basically kill the father of Proteus, but can't because he's dead. I don't know if Proteus was the result of rape or if the father was just abusive. Maybe both. Anyway, Sean comes across Ileana Rasputin, a.k.a. Magic, a.k.a. Colossus's little sister who just came out of Limbo, which is sort of like hell, but not. She was trapped there for five years, training under an alternate version of Storm, and she learned how to use magic along with her mutant ability to create teleportation disks. Uh, time didn't really move outside of Limbo, so she aged five years in the blink of an eye to the rest of the X-Men. Anyway, (laughs) now she's here with Sean and Moira for whatever reason. Uh, I guess because the other mutants are off in space dealing with the Shi'ar maybe, Um, but that's not important to this issue either. Uh, Now we are back at the X-Mansion and Danielle is skinny dipping. Shankoi Man, a.k.a. Karma, who I recapped in uh, in the origin I recapped her origin in the episode that I did, episode number seven. That's with the New York Picture Company, guys. Um, So anyway, they have a talk, and Danielle confides in her that the professor thinks she's crazy and that weird things are happening, and she thinks Xavier is involved, maybe. We cut to Sam Guthrie, a.k.a cannonball in the danger room he's like a human rocket he becomes a projectile that is nearly invulnerable in rocket state so right now charles xavier is trying to train him to maneuver from side to side while this like while he's in this um, rocket state he can't as of yet move around like he can only go straight forward um so yeah after training we see sam shaving the bathroom he blacks out and when he comes to there's a note on the mirror written in shaving cream that says Meet us in the boathouse. So he rushes out, realizing that Shan took control of him to write the message. He is, understandably, very upset about this. In the boathouse, we have all the kids, and they're discussing the weird stuff that's been happening with Danny. Sam yells about how, if the professor thinks Danny's crazy, maybe she is. (laughs) That's unfair. Um he opens the door to the outside and it looks as if they're no longer at the school. They're like on the moon or something. They assume it's an, it's an illusion. And Danny leads them down some underground tunnels that she says should lead back to the mansion. Because apparently she just like wanders around the mansion into like different rooms all the time. And she goes into these unknown tunnels all the time, even though she's technically not supposed to be able to, but that's, that's okay. Um, She's leading them back to the mansion. So yay. Um, While underneath, They run into the creature that's been attacking Danny. Turns out it's a brood alien thing. They call them the brood. Uh, These things tend to bother the X-Men a lot. (laughs) They use humans the way xenomorphs do. If you know what a xenomorph is, it's from the alien movies, you know, facehuggers and stuff. They impregnate the human bodies, and then they become brood as well. The kids with mental abilities can't seem to fight it off, so it's up to the kids with the physical abilities, and they successfully run the brood away. They go down some more tunnels and are attacked again. But by more than just the brood this time, Denny is grabbed by the brood, and she lets out a scream. She kind of blacks out and wakes up again alone with the brood. She's all wrapped up in... I I don't know what. She's wrapped up in something. Uh, the brood tells Danny that it plans to put some royal eggs in them, like her and her friends, so that they can all become brood queens. Hey, Queen. Um, the brood confesses that all the illusions that Danny has seen have been her own creation with the help of the brood enhancing her abilities. So at that point, the other young mutants crash into the room and start fighting the brood again. Denny tells Shan to possess her in order to break the mental link between uh, the brood and herself. However, the brood queen, at this point, we learn that she's a brood. She's not just a, a soldier. She's actually a brood queen, um, I guess. I don't, I don't know if that was mentioned before, but all of a sudden, she's calling herself the brood queen. Um, anyway, she interrupts Shan and is able to possess her and uses her to attack Roberto, but Roberto... Uh, clocks her in the jaw to break the connection. Then Danny yells for Sam to knock her out, and he blasts her over. He, I mean, he blasts over and he, like, full force clocks her in the jaw. <laughs> I'm saying clock a lot. She, he, they punch each other. Um, Professor X finally contacts them and is like, what's the meaning of this? And he mind scans them to get their story, and he finally believes them. Professor X is kind of a dick. He could have asked Danny to scan her mind and find out the truth before all this happened, but no, you know, he let this get bad, and and he made, he believed she was crazy and he made her believe she was crazy, so, you know, kind of fuck you, Professor X, that's uncool. Um, Later, Roberto and Danny are talking outside, and she confides in him that she's worried she's the weak link, and that the Brood Queen knows the potential of all their powers to a degree that the Professor does not. She worries that Maybe he's possessed by the Brood Queen saying since they've only known him for a short period of time, they don't actually know him. Um, So they're worried at this point. Um, Then Sam interrupts their moment and he's like, hey, guys, Magnum P.I. is about to end. I mean, about to start. Um, And that's the end (laughs) of this issue. Uh, I'm liking it so far. It's actually, I believe, my first Chris Claremont book. Because right now I am currently reading very brand new X-Men stuff. And then I'm also reading the very original X-Men stuff uh, back when Stan Lee was writing and stuff like that. Uh, So, yeah, uh, I like the issue. Yay. There's not really too much to say about it other than there was a whole lot of Brood disappearing, reappearing, disappearing, reappearing. Uh, for them to fight. (laughs) There was a whole lot of that. Uh, But it was a fun issue. I liked it. Um, I'm excited to continue reading this. Um, This is part of a collection that I got. It's like the New Mutants collection that has uh, some X-Men stuff in there as well. Uh, I believe the next issue in this collection uh, addresses where the X-Men have been. I I think it's an X-Men story. So... Yeah. There you have it. That's X. Ex- uh, sorry. That's new mutants. Number three, uh, pick it up. I guess <laughs> it's old, but you can find it online cheap, usually on comiXology or on Amazon or something. Usually Amazon has a way cheaper uh, in digital format than comiXology does, even though they're like partner together. You can't have comiXology without having Amazon or something. Uh, yet Amazon sells them cheaper than Comicsology, So I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to trick us all or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that's the issue. Like I said, I enjoyed it. I'm excited to, keep, uh, to continue reading some more of this stuff. Um, yeah, but that's it for the top of the show. So now we're going to go on to the interview. This week... I have Darren Herzig. He is a friend of mine who, uh, if you guys don't know, I do another podcast called The Awkward Human Survival Guide. It's hosted by the same network that this show is on, The Awkward Human Network. Um, Yeah, so I do that show. It's an advice show. It's a comedy show. We talk about the weirdest things sometimes, um, and we give advice, and sometimes it's silly, sometimes it's real, but most of the time we try to give real advice. But um, anyway... Yeah, so he frequently is a guest on that show. Um, so I had him over to talk about Jean Grey. So we're going to learn a lot about Gene Grey. We actually start off the interview talking about nonsense LA stuff. So enjoy some of that, I guess. But uh, yeah, it was a fun conversation. Uh, I don't think this is going to have any kind of trigger. I don't need to give you any trigger warnings. If you know who this guy is, you know that sometimes that's appropriate. But um, for the most part, we keep it quite clean. Um, but but it gets ridiculous. He's a fun guy. I uh, I really enjoy him. This is Darren Herzig with The Phoenix.
0: Um,
1: I mean, that's fine.
0: <laughs> I know it's fine. I know it's fine. Don't get me wrong. I like vegan food. Have you? If you want to try a really good uh, vegetarian restaurant, actually, uh, uh-huh. have you been to Elf? Elf. Yeah, it's by... E-L-F? ELF. It's by... It's the people... I don't know if you've ever been to Dune, but it's yes. it's Mediterranean. No,
1: I haven't, actually.
0: It's all vegetarian, and it's next... I think it's next door to, like, Mohawk Bend. Oh. Like that, you know... Yeah,
1: yeah. I know where yeah, Mohawk, Mohawk Bend close is. Close to where you
0: guys used to live. Yeah. And it's, it's really good. The only disgusting thing is there's a lot of, like white men with dreadlocks <laughs>
1: <laughs> but other than that you mean beautiful thing yeah yeah i mean it's,
0: it's a little pricey and i don't i don't know who knows if adam would like it because his tastes are so uh, and it's so vegan fickle mediterranean it's vegetarian, vegetarian so there is cheese and okay. yogurt and stuff like that Uh-oh. but it's re- well we
1: both love mediterranean it's so. okay well then you guys i mean shocked. is it like le petit greek it's better than le petit oh, greek oh okay then we would like it yeah i love le petit greek I try elf i think you would
0: like it because like Sometimes Andy will convince me to eat vegetarian, and I do oh. it. And I'm so sick of like, sorry, I have like an itchy eye. I'm so sick of cafe gratitude. Like you would not believe.
1: I I'm not a fan, but we're on the show now, so we'll just mm. go ahead and get into it. Um. So
0: as I was as I was wait, have we been recording? Yeah, we were recording. Oh, thanks for suffering me. <laughs> thanks for suckering me. But as I was saying, um, yeah, I I just felt like I'm. I know enough. I know quite a bit about Emma Frost, but then you get into her like sisters, and her brother, and I'm like, okay, I can tell you their names, but that's about it. So, okay. Jean Grey. Phoenix.
1: Jean Grey, yeah. So let me let me tell. Oh, everyone, Hi, welcome please. to the show. Uh, this is Darren Herzig on. Uh, he's going to be talking about Jean Grey. Ooh, another mutant. Yeah, but lo- I just want to be specific—not the teenage hussy. <laughs>
0: who is time was displaced? Not horrible time displaced, Jean. Grey. <laughs> I was going to save that one till later to tell you how I feel about the current situation, which uh-huh. let's just say I'm not happy. But okay. I'll 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 get into more details why
1: later. Okay, no, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um I okay, so here's what I know about Jean Grey, uh which is like obviously she's one of the most popular Phoenix hosts that sure. we know of. I think she's the most popular Phoenix host. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, that's fair. It yes. always wants her. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll talk, I guess we'll talk about that coming <laughs> yeah. up. And then uh, she's like Scott's lover, you know, part time lover. uh and and she's just Omega level, basically. oh like, yeah, she is one of the most po- powerful uh, mutants and and then there's a lot of in between stuff. i I think out of all the mutants, I probably know the most about her, but I still don't feel like really? I know a lot about her. like
0: she's she's uh, you know, she just has mysteries upon mysteries. Well, she's actually quite convoluted. And there's Mm -hmm. versions of her that exist and (laughs) clones Uh and versions and all sorts of stuff. So she's not, is shockingly a more tricky character than you would think. And what shocks me is that as popular as she is,
1: Mm -hmm. she's such a wimp on the cartoon. Okay, I don't remember the cartoon too much. Okay, um, well then. I, I I know that I used to make fun of her in the sense yeah, that yeah, because she's got
0: a fucking ponytail. I, I would, and she's <laughs> always cr- she's always like,
1: oh Scott. And and I would I, I don't know if I was making fun of the movie or if I was making fun of her, but basically I'd be like, this bitch could like telepathically lift a book and be tired. Well, okay, so
0: that's the movie. In uh-huh. the movie, I'm sorry, she's <laughs> does it, maybe in X2 she gets like her due a little bit, uh-huh. but. In the first one, she's like tired by everything. Uh-huh. I agree. I, I guess studying to be a doctor in only the movie universe uh-huh. uh, is what would cause that. But and then and then in the last stand, I mean that's an abomination of a film.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean I thought it was fun, it, it, like had fun action, but as a movie just itself, mm-hmm. yeah, it was not great.
0: I funny funny story about that. I was on a show. I was on a on a real TV show as opposed to the fake ones that I'm on, uh-huh. at the time, <laughs> called Life After Film School. Um, and everyone, we were all very excited because we were interviewing the producer, Ralph Winter, of that. We weren't allowed, it was the only one we weren't allowed to see a, a cut of. Because all the other movies were, we were part of their, like, advertising, essentially. Was, was this
1: before the movie came out? Yeah, it okay. was, like, pff, I don't know, a month before. okay.
0: Every other movie that we interviewed people for, we got to like go to Fox and screen it on the lot and this one they were like no, you can't watch it. <laughs> it should have been clue number 1. Uh, when I finally saw it, I was I saw it I was forced to go to a Chinese theater. And I was sitting uh, behind this woman with really big, frizzy hair. And I'm looking at her. I'm like, she looks so familiar. Oh, she looks so much like Selma Hayek. So I whisper over to my friend, <laughs> this woman looks like Selma Hayek, except with really frizzy hair. And then I get another look. It was Selma Hayek. <laughs> and who was sitting right next to her? Brett Ratner. The who? The director of oh, X-Men The Last okay. Stand. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, <laughs> oh. Okay. So I'm hating this movie. And he's right in front of me. Uh. I could have just reached out.
1: And shook him and
0: destroyed him right then uh-huh. and there. D- didn't couldn't like, did, like, wouldn't obviously I'm not a a, a murderer or why did a psychopath. I think that
1: Brian Singer
0: did he only do X one and two? He did well, two and then well, four, then the and then four and five Well, right. oh, five and six, right? Yeah, because four is technically first class. yeah, so five and six. Yeah, because what happened was he went to go direct uh, Superman. Mm. and Marvel was like or Fox Marvel at the time. it was, yeah, right it's complicated. Decided that that was a conflict of interest because it mm-hmm. was for the competition, right? Which is so funny now because technically Fox X Men stands apart from Marvel Cinematic, right? So they're competition for each other, which is weird and stupid. <laughs> but uh, which is funny because I, so sorry, this this is for comic book about comic book nerds yeah, and whatnot. We'll get. There. I hate Marvel <laughs> Cinematic movies for really? the most part. Yes, and I prefer not Wolverine Origins. Uh, no. Not the Wolverine, but the X-Men movies, I don't have, generally don't have problems. I hated The Last Stand and I thought Apocalypse was pretty dumb, but enjoyable. Whereas I can't even find enjoyment anymore. Mm, that's not true. I some There's certain Marvel movies that I like, but by and large, they irritate. Can I swear? Yeah, the fuck out of me. Wow. I don't know what show I'm on. I don't know what. I don't know. <laughs> it used to be supercharged. I couldn't swear. Awkward. I could say uh-huh. whatever I wanted. I don't uh-huh. know what your rules are. You didn't. Prep <laughs> no, me. I
1: I swear. I I drop them. Curse swear. I don't know what's the difference. Um, they're same it's the same thing. The same thing. But we got sidetracked. G- um, G- okay, wait. But I have to unpack this just uh, just a little bit okay, because you're You're like the only person that I know that has said that MCU annoys
0: you. So bad. Well, I can explain to you exactly why, because I've had lots of movies and time to think about it. Uh I really like Iron Man 1. Uh I think it's a great film. I think Robert Downey Jr. is great. A great film. It's an enjoyable film. I Mm. saw it, I don't know, three times in the theater. Very much enjoyed it. I have felt like every single other movie has lived in the shadow of that movie, tonally and from a performance standpoint. So I feel like every all the like ooh, blah, 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 banter in every movie mm-hmm. is just a shadow of Iron Man. And I feel like Robert Downey Jr and his personality and charisma pull it off. But some of these other ones are just annoying and there's so much like broiness in it. You can't tell yeah, me. No,
1: no, you're right. There is a lot of broiness. Like in Civil it. Like
0: Civil War, everybody loves Cap- not Civil War. Uh, 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 Captain America 2. Uh, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Everyone loves that one. And it is better than most. However, that's shit with the Falcon. That like bro jogging, like come the <laughs> fuck on, you know. But aren't comic books broy? Okay, so this is this is a greater thing too, and I, I've really examined like why, as someone who has collected comic books since 1989, since the first Tim Burton Batman film, that's what spurred me on it. Um, uh, I'm like, why do I not like them? Whereas all these other comic book cohorts, you know, people that I know don't, you know, love Marvel and stuff like that, and it's it's because. The tone that I saw in my head is not the tone. Like they're not, they're not all jokey and they're not all bro And that's actually what I like about X-Men is that that is not the most bro because it's such a minority metaphor mm-hmm. that if they were to be bro it would be counter to the actual ideals of the comic book. Mm. That makes any sense. And you and, think
1: that the movies pull
0: it off as well? Which the X-Men movies? Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they're less. Also, if you look, the point of view is shaped by like gay men. Uh, yeah, N. right. So it's it definitely, <laughs> and I guess Ralph Winter was super Christian. Oddly enough, which I don't know how that worked with Brian Singer, but it was a thing. But uh, yeah, so I do feel, well, I think also the tone of those movies are more serious than a lot of the Marvel ones, which are just like thinly veiled comedies for the most part with mm-hmm. some elements. But then again, I don't like the uber seriousness of DC. I find that to be just, a, well, I like the Nolan stuff, but the Zack Snyder verse is so, <laughs> it's like. Because it feels like a copy. It or does. Like like a, like a gray copy of it. Well, it's empty. It doesn't have any of the like, yeah, it's like, let's just make it edgy, but silly at the same time, but mm-hmm. not recognize. Like, it's tough because the comic books I find myself drawn to now are are super weird, mm-hmm. actually, or, or not super weird, but on the weirder end. And I tend to like the stuff that's just odder um, and uh, it doesn't have the bro-iness. Like, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever read The Invisibles. No, you I haven't. You should. It's excellent. Invisibles or Invincibles? The, the Invisibles. Oh. It's written by Grant Morrison, who I got into Grant Morrison. He, I mean, he's a, he, he started off with DC, but then he took over new X, oh, X-Men and turned it into New X-Men. Uh, and uh, I was like, oh, well, I better get on board with who this guy is. And i read <laughs> The Invisibles, which was a Vertigo series, uh-huh. which is subversive and great. One of the main characters is um, a, a, a trans uh, uh, witch. Mm-hmm. Uh, before it was done, I don't know in True Blood. I guess it wasn't trans, it was just a gay witch. <laughs> but like a tr- a trans witch with the like um. It's just weird. They're they're all in like, leather. They go. They meet the Marquis de Sade. Hmm. They. It's much weirder than I'm even explaining. It's okay. very good.
1: So you're more into the not big two right now,
0: the well, polishers.
1: <laughs> so I have lots of thoughts about this. So
0: once. Disney acquired Marvel. Mm -hmm. I knew it was the beginning of the end. It just took a few more years. Once the cinematic universe took off and they started changing the publishing line to more reflect the movie line is when I knew it was starting to get not as much for me uh, as it was before. Because I used to buy almost everything. And now I think, as far as Marvel goes, I buy X-Men Blue. Oh, wow. So the original team. Because gold is trash
1: is it oh my I god like it. the
0: art is terrible <laughs> the art
1: isn't great i would agree with this
0: the stories it's just having read the entirety of the chris claremont run mm-hmm. which is the big one mm-hmm. and then actually having read everything from chris, chris claremont up till current i'm just like this is so bad <laughs> i hate what they've done with rachel gray aka prestige, prestige what the yeah. fuck is that <laughs> uh like the kitty stuff is just I don't get all these assholes love Kitty Pride. I like I like her. She's <laughs> fine. You'd think I'd love her. You know, she's a Jewess, like me. Yes, uh, you are a Jewess. But she's, I don't know. I liked her better in the Excalibur years when she was, you in know.
1: Europe or whatever. In Europe.
0: And she was, uh, even later when she was dating Pete Wisdom, oh, she's always got to date a Pete or a Peter. She's <laughs> her third Peter. And now it looks like they're getting back together, right? He proposed, uh, I, mean, I he, don't
1: think it's gonna go well, but. <laughs> did he propose to her? Well, apparently. I'm one issue oh, behind. Oh, <laughs> I, I think it came no, no, no. out today. No, this show is all about spoilers.
0: We spoil okay. everything, so I, I don't sh- care. I Mark Guggenheim's writing uh-huh. in comic books and in TV and movies uh-huh. are really bad. Okay. <laughs> He's responsible for the Green Lantern film, oh, case closed. Did not
1: know that. Okay. Also,
0: back when I was buying a lot of DC, which also lost me with New 52, and it's sort of brought me a little bit back with Rebirth, but DC has been a tougher sell for me, mm-hmm. always. Unless it's the weirder ones like Animal Man or, uh, I used to like Legion of Superheroes actually quite a lot. I don't know if you've ever gotten no, into that. No, I don't even I know what that is. That oh my God, you don't? They once rivaled X-Men in popularity, oh. which was a b- in the 80s. And who published this? DC? DC. Okay. So who they are is, when Superboy was still young Superman in pre-crisis days, uh Superboy would was like met some time travelers who took him to the future to at the time the uh 30th century now they've pushed it to the 31st century and joined their like essentially superhero club which was the legion of superheroes and mm-hmm. he would have time traveling adventures with them and they you know there was different ones from different planets and there's it's like a legion there's like 30 of them or more okay and it's uh i don't know it's just like future future teens it
1: had the soapiness of x-men it was good. Is is that kind of like what CW did with their Legends of Tomorrow yeah. or whatever? Is that basically what? There's that some was? aspects of that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I
0: think Legends of Tomorrow was was sort of borrowing heavily from. I haven't seen it, but from what I've read about it, borrowing from uh, the Booster Gold series from mm. like 10 years ago with Rip Hunter mm-hmm. and his cohorts traveling through time. Is that similar to what? I believe so. I don't watch the that one. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think Mark Guggenheim has a hand in it. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> he's so bad. He took over Justice Society of America as well, which I also really like. We're talking about DC, like all- <laughs> these Legion and uh, and uh, Justice Society. I've always liked for some strange reason. Maybe it's because it's like teens from the future and old people out of uh-huh. time. But um, I've always liked those <laughs> characters. But uh, yeah, he took over from uh, from Jeff Johns on that. And Jeff Johns, when he's not having his head up his ass in like, a, a regressive sense, <laughs> uh-huh. is good. In this case, uh, his JSA run is fantastic. However, um, Mark Guggenheim took over and just like went to shit. So I I learned when... And he also did uh, Young X-Men, a very short-lived comic book. Terrible. Okay. So boring. He's just boring. (laughs) Nothing happens. But nothing happens in an interesting way. But then again, in the X-Men line, nothing good has happened for for years.
1: No. Like just story-wise or good to the characters? It's been spinning its wheels. No, I'm I'm fine
0: with nothing good happening to the characters. That's what you're in it for, right? (laughs) Right. The wheels have just been spinning. I would say since oh since like two thousand
1: two. Oh wow, it's been a long time. Okay, yeah, because right now what I'm basically reading is the very original run of X Men, like mm. the Stan Lee stuff. Oh God, uh, why? and the Dick Acker and all that. Um, I, I, was he doing? No, I don't think he was doing. He was doing um, uh, Avengers. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm because. For whatever reason, I want to know like the origin and stuff like sure. that. And so I think I'm on issue like 50 something of the Oh, original. you're almost through it. Cause I yeah. think it ends at like 90 something. Uh, it, I think it ends. Cause they do like reprints or whatever. Oh, yeah, and then they just like continue it in, yeah. in the 60s. Yeah. Um, well, are you going
0: to track down John Burns' The Hidden Years? X Men The Hidden Years? What is that? So in the oh, reprint. Is that,
1: is that like before? Before Giant Size? Before Giant Size. Okay. In,
0: in the part where there were the reprints, like that whole section. Uh-huh. I don't okay. know if it's supposed to be any good or not. But I,
1: I don't know. But, it got, it got uh, cance- if I
0: get it, I'll, I will. It was canceled during a time when there was a regime change when Joe Casada took over as editor-in-chief and like decided like we're not going to do any of that really esoteric continuity stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was
1: one of the casualties. I heard good things. I've actually never read it. So Yeah, no, I... I- I think I probably will if it is like part of a trait that I happen to pick yeah. up. Then definitely I will. Well, but I've like- kind
0: of avoided those early Stanley issues. I mean, I've read the first one and I've read like a couple here and there, but I think I've avoided it because really, nothing really happens. Nothing really happens. It's pretty generic. The characters don't have all that much development. Uh-huh. Professor X is a total asshole. <laughs> um, yeah. But then once once Giant Size happens and then Chris Claremont takes over, it's essentially one story for eighteen years, mm-hmm. which he really didn't get to finish telling, sadly. Was
1: did he leave the comic or he was was essentially
0: he was pretty much ousted. So, what happened was in early, like in early 90s, I think because I'm pretty sure 91 was when they launched the second series. But Jim Lee became the artist on the title, and it like the sales went through the roof. And because of that, the editor of X Men was like, Well, we're gonna side with the start siding with the artist, and they started. The artists started getting more plotting, Mm. more responsible for the plot, and they would, like, change his stories and stuff like that. And after years of essentially, after 18 years of helming the ship, uh, he just was like, I don't have to put up with this. And so he left. Wow. So he launched the first three issues of the new series, and then that was that. Wow, that sucks.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, um, let's just go right into Jean well, Grey now. That's a,
0: quite quite a preamble.
1: <laughs> yeah, I felt like we should stop My it right there. My comic goes very deep. Good, good, I, I like that. So, um, let's kind of start with uh, just Jean Grey before the Phoenix Force um, taking her on. How powerful of a mutant was she at that point?
0: Okay, well, artificially depowered because... Her uh, best, fr- she like witnessed her best friend dying oh. in a car car accident. Okay. I think her name's Annie or something. Is and this th- supposed
1: to be like a uh,
0: like a pre X Men thing? Pre X Men okay. thing. And and what happened was that's when her powers activated, and she was like, I think in a coma for a while because she. Uh, uh, sort of was in sync with it and experienced her her friend's death because of her psychic powers, her, her telepathy. And so Professor X came in prior to the X-Men. She's technically the first X-Man, uh-huh. despite the fact that, I mean, it's a bit of a retcon, but Cyclops is, I guess, portrayed that way initially. But mm-hmm. he worked with her in the past and he like artificially dampened her telepathy. Mm. So that way when we meet her, she only has telekinesis. So she right. can only move things with her mind. So no telepathy and that's the story reason. So what happened as far as the Phoenix ideas, when they decided to revamp the series and introduce the the, uh, the Deadly Genesis group, the giant-sized X-Men group, mm-hmm. um, they were going to give the other ones power increases. Cyclops got a power increase and a new visor. And her sort of makeover was Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of what motivated that was to give her a bit of a refresher because... Um, all the other, characters, with the exception of Cyclops, even Jean Grey disappeared from, from the series for a little bit. She was more of a supporting character for a minute.
1: Oh, okay. Beast went when on, she was
0: alive, when yeah, just before Phoenix, and then uh-huh. so Beast went on to be an Avenger, right? And I think a champion, no, and then Angel and Iceman became champions. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> with really like, funny for you. it's funny because like, <laughs> it's a team of Ghost Rider, Angel, Iceman, Black Widow, and Hercules oh that's the original champions okay what a weird team uh-huh it's just odd yeah so yeah <laughs> that's why i'm laughing okay because <laughs> it's like okay let's move them over there beast gets to go to like a marquee title uh-huh. and then cyclops of course gets to stay with x-men and then gene gray is a little bit she's like it's still his love interest in there and then it's when the phoenix story uh sort of
1: happens is when they really start to up her her power set and mm-hmm. actually she becomes much more interesting Okay. I think. Um, so I do know the Phoenix story and kind of the way they retcon that whole situation and everything. Basically... Which time? Uh, <laughs> basically, she, she you know, crashes the spaceship and mm-hmm. that's when the Phoenix force comes and like, quote unquote, saves her and she becomes the Phoenix. Well, they think she's dead for a hot minute.
0: Right, and then she's just under the lake, and she like explodes from under the lake. Uh huh. Now and forever, I am Phoenix. Or whatever she says, I'm fi- fire and <laughs> life
1: incarnate. Right, uh, and then she kind of goes on her adventures as the Phoenix, and then she becomes Dark Phoenix because of.
0: Well, you're you're
1: skip you're you're skipping so much. Is there first, a lot? She, okay,
0: let's go back. First, then. she goes the she becomes Phoenix, and then they get we meet for the first time the Shiar uh, okay. Empire, which was ruled at the time by the Mad Emperor Dukin. Whose sister, Lilandra, would eventually become Xavier's love interest for mm-hmm. many, many, many years. Um, and it's, there's a, I haven't read the story in a while, but from what I recall, there's the Emkron crystal, which is like the gateway of reality, whatever. And he's trying to use it to control more. And then essentially, Jean, as Phoenix, manages to like bring them all into the crystal. And I think she imprisons Ken in the crystal. Okay. Uh, and then saves everybody with her newfound cosmic powers. And it's this time where her powers really take a, a, a much larger, <laughs> um, uh-huh. a huge increase, a huge increase to cosmic levels. And so after that happens, I believe she leaves the team. And oh. then suddenly she starts having these flashbacks where she thinks she's like reliving a past life of one of her ancestors in like, the late 1700s. Uh And she meets a mysterious man named Jason Wingard who wears his like dandy foppish attire. And slowly (laughs) he creeps into her, like she keeps on living this past life until at last she meets Jason Wingard. And that's when we, she kind of like gets picked back up and she's being subtly manipulated because it turns out that he's actually mastermind of Mm -hmm. the original Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Right. Who looks is very ugly from what I understand. <laughs> However, he's projected himself to look like this dashing rogue. And that's when she's sort of like, slowly but surely taken to the dark side uh-huh. and is introduced to the Hellfire Club. One of my favorite set of, my, my, probably my favorite set of villains because how could you go wrong with S&M <laughs> secret <laughs> mutants bent on world domination? S- S&M elite. absolutely they're all billionaires Uh they all have their own companies but they love to dress up in like fop clothes and like leather (laughs) lingerie and just like play for power it's really good Uh um that's see that's it's of course this ties into my 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 love of emma frost as well Uh because her character is quite great especially the way in later years she becomes like a like a foil or an adversary for Jean Grey, but anyhow, our, our first meeting with her and is at this time with the Hellfire Club.
1: Now, I actually heard a theory about how the original White Queen, Emma Frost, is not actually Emma Frost. Do you believe that or not? What's because, the theory? Well, because apparently Phoenix kills her or something like put like dumps an entire building on her or something like that. She she well, they have a psychic battle and she doesn't emerge.
0: It's essentially uh. uh it, she like fries her mind. Uh-huh. But Emma has demonstrated that her mind can be fried and her body can be killed. because <laughs> okay. She's died a few times. Oh, okay. So I, I think it is her. Cause the I, I actually read up about this in case I was gonna do Emma Frost. Cause there's a whole new mutant section where she's like a big villain there. And mm-hmm. they, they, she dies. In, Dark Fe- in, in in that storyline, but they retcon it to make her just be in a coma. Okay. So they bring her out and then she has her like rival new mutant team, the Hellions, mm-hmm. in a rival, the Massachusetts Academy. Mm-hmm. So is the theory then who, according to this theory, then who is the... Is, it's just some random woman. I'll tell you, I don't know who the current Emma Frost is because her character <laughs> is so fucking inconsistent <laughs> uh uh with the way that she like went insane because a man died that is not the manipulative <laughs> white queen that
1: i know sorry so Scott. so much oh my god who the f- <laughs> why he's awful well, one of the okay actually i was thinking about this today because i was like oh okay why does emma love scott that's weird but like then uh jean gray loves scott and then uh, who else loved Scott? That was also like Cy- oh, Psylocke apparently had a thing oh with Scott. Oh my god! Yeah,
0: she. Well, they, there was teasing that that she was like she was trying to steal her him from Jean. Uh huh. Um, they because they decided to put them on separate teams so for like, some reason. Why do
1: like psionic- people like Scott powered women like like these like people who have like telepathy? Because and- he's so repressed that peeling back those layers. <laughs> no, seriously,
0: it's like a, they get to like go into his layers and deep layers. He's uh-huh. so, he's so com- I'm like a Wolverine who's just like. I want to fucking kill an e. uh-huh. You know, like they are like, okay, whatever. He, whatever. Yeah, that's fun for a minute. But I want the complicated guy, who like can't fucking make up his mind. Scott is a particular asshole. But well, I think we're gonna get there soon. I don't want to blow <laughs> his extreme asshole. Like he's the big. He's so bad. Uh huh. I still kind of like Cyclops. <laughs> that said, uh, what's it?
1: Uh, I don't like original cyclops i much prefer his younger version because i feel like his younger version knows what his older version is supposed to be be and he's like i don't want to be that but i'm still kind of that i I will say i do like young cyclops more than i like young jean (laughs) Oh, uh, I'll, I'll get to my young gene. I'm saving it. I feel like we should go chronologically uh, for Yeah, her. so let's, okay. So she discovers that this is Mastermind who's really doing all the stuff to, to Well, her. then one, so she gets she gets turned into the
0: Black Queen of the Hellfire Club. Uh-huh. She, she dons the leather. What she, happens to the old Black Queen? There was no Black Queen oh. at the time. So yeah, there was only the Black King and the White Queen, mm. and there was no Black Queen. I think there was a, like a gray rook or a black bishop. There was a White King which is Pierce, Donald Pierce, who becomes a, cy- uh, is a cyborg reaver guy. And then Harry Leland, who I think, he, I don't even know who he is. I think, he's a, I think he's a bishop. I think he's the black bishop. Anyhow, the black queen, Selene, only gets introduced much, much, not much later, but a, a fair amount later. So I guess with the white queen in a coma, the black queen takes over mm, her, mm. her position. So at that time, there is no black queen. So Jean becomes the Black Queen. She puts on the leather cord, the black leather corset. She gets her whip and everything and she turns against the X-Men and tortures them. And then, this but she becomes too powerful. She knows what's going on. She exposes Jason Wingard for being mastermind and he- she like essentially destroys his mind and mm. sends him like, because he wants to like control this power. So he- she essentially exposes him to the full breadth of the Phoenix power and he loses his mind. Mm-hmm. Then that in turn makes her lose her mind. Then she becomes Dark Phoenix. Okay. She can't tell. And uh, they try sorts of things to dampen her, but ultimately she recovers her sanity on the moon. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the, and, the blue side of the moon. What do they call it? The blue side of the moon. <laughs> and lets herself get shot by a laser before the phoenix takes over So and turns to dust. Well, this is also after she destroys a, a planet, uh-huh. which is inhabited by billions of, of aliens.
1: Uh, which comes into play later, too. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, so part of the thing is, uh, the, in the original story, from what I understand, they did not intend to kill her because they had never really killed big characters like that before. Uh-huh. The intention was they would somehow like bring her back to life. It's the way they did it on the cartoon, actually, where they used their like life forces to revive her. But the editor-in-chief, Jim Shooter at the time, said, she's just killed 8 billion people. She has to die. <laughs> she has to be punished. So they said, no, she has to die. And the writers later said, well, that was a good idea because it had the story- made the story have so much more pathos. Uh-huh. So there's actually um, pages out there of the next issue, where she lives, and she's in the first couple pages. Oh, okay. So that precipitates Cyclops taking a break from the team, sort of. We still follow him. He he makes short work. He finds another woman, real, quick, real fast, real too. quick. It, who is
1: who is this? Be, is this the the pirate ship adventures that he goes on I with think some she, woman, Lee
0: Forrester, the right? Woman, and yes. then
1: after her, well, after her, he <laughs> meets a woman who looks
0: exactly like Jean Grey, uh-huh. uh huh, named Madeline Pryor, um, except she has like straighter hair. Oh. and like an uglier <laughs> hairstyle but she looks exactly like Jean everybody <clears> thinks <throat> it's Jean and like they fall in love and they get married Uh huh. Um, and then they go off and he leaves once more when well he doesn't leave just yet she gets pregnant uh-huh. and then Storm essentially is like listen your wife is pregnant I don't have powers I'm going to challenge you for leadership whoever like wins gets to be the leader and even without power she wins she beats him it's like go get out of here go be with your (laughs) wife and there he goes Uh and he's gone now uh then there was this idea to bring back the original x-men in their own book but gene was dead at the time so actually dazzler was going to take her place oh wow yes dazzler's going to take her place and they were like um that's not a good option (laughs) that's not going to fly so Let's bring back Jean. But Jean was dead. And so the way they did that was that it wasn't Jean that was killed. The phoenix took her body and put it in a cocoon under the lake. And so what <laughs> reemerged during the Emkron Crystal Saga was actually the phoenix's like, doppelganger of Jean. And it was the phoenix entity that became a human that went insane and killed all those people. So oh, the real yeah. Jean was absolved of all her crimes. And she was found by the Fantastic Four in a cocoon under the lake. And then... She's back, and as soon as Scott gets wind of uh, her, he dumps his wife, he dumps his <laughs> baby in Alaska, and he just goes off to join the team. <laughs> and then the clone is kind of beside herself, starts going a little insane. Madeline. Madeline Pryor, and, and you know, starts getting manipulated by Mr. Sinister and, and starts talking to demons. Uh-huh. <laughs> becomes the Goblin Queen and becomes insane and then tries to, like, use the baby. She dates Havoc as Scott's brother. Um, And then, of course, Gene and Scott are having all their fun adventures in X Factor. And then it all finally comes to a head when Madeline Pryor goes full on Goblin Queen and tries to turn all of New York into demons and so forth. But in the process of it, it's revealed that the reason that Mr. Sinister had attempted to clone Gene many times, but they didn't work. But it was this one, on the eve of Phoenix dying on the moon, a piece of that energy went into Madeline and activated her. And that's why she was able to live. And so this was just
1: like a clone that was just like vacant.
0: A vacant clone that was like imbued with this shard of memory, which were patterned after Jean's memories. And so she was able to live. And then in the Goblin Queen's last-ish effort to try and destroy everybody, she and Jean entangle their minds and bring a bunch of the other X-Men in with them. And then in in the ensuing struggle on the astral plane, Jean triumphs, Madeline dies. But in the process, she absorbs the memories of not only Madeline Pryor, but also... The Phoenix Force. Oh geez. So now Jean is essentially three in one. She has memories of the entire thing. And she actually has a horrible relationship with Phoenix at that time, uh, the Phoenix Force. She hates it, she doesn't want any part of it. It's a murderer to her. Now we skipped over a section where when Jean was off an X Factor, uh, Chris Claremont was adamant he didn't want to bring Jean back. He said, she's dead, let's do something different. His notion was to bring into continuity her alternate future daughter, Rachel. Uh-huh who was from the Days of Future Past um, uh, storyline, which supposedly was supposed to have been destroyed in that storyline, but apparently didn't. They didn't really succeed. And she comes back, doesn't reveal to anybody yet that she's Scott and Jean's daughter from an alternate timeline. And when she finds out that Jean at the time is dead, when she actually... Actually, because I don't think... Yeah, Jean hadn't come back yet. She wasn't an X-Factor yet. So she was still dead. And so she is like, I'm in the wrong past because my mother is dead mm-hmm. and um, dead before she was supposed to die. Um, and so when they finally do come face to face shortly, sometime a little bit after uh, Inferno, uh, it's not a good meeting because at that time, Rachel is the carrier of the Phoenix. But oh. Rachel has a good relationship with the Phoenix somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jean, but Jean's like, not only are you the carrier of the Phoenix, something that I have the memories of killing all these people, you're also this daughter and you're this like locked in future that I have to have that I don't want. And, I, you know, <laughs> and so they have a very odd relationship, which only gets reconciled years later in the far future, in a different far future. Okay. getting ahead of myself though. We'll, but, get there, okay. we'll get there.
1: If it gets reconciled, is this like continuity 616, Jean Grey who goes with, that specific, okay, so. Well, because
0: Rachel gets stuck in our time. She never goes back. She's okay. on X-Men Gold now. Right. She, she goes, she die. Oh, does she die? What happens to her? Oh, well, oh, that's what happens. We'll get there. We're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> so, she, Rachel is one of the more convoluted characters, as are all the um Summer's offspring, because Cable, the baby that was abandoned. From Madeline Pryor. From Madeline Pryor yes. is also complicated as fuck. Uh-huh. They're, they're, which, they're actually tied together. But I think we we'll get get there.
1: (laughs) So okay. So uh, now at this point, Madeline uh, was the Goblin Queen. Her she's now fused with her memories. I guess are fused fused with Jean 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 Grey and Phoenix. How is Jean Grey handling this? Like, is there like a like a battle in her head over this? Like, what what? She just
0: integrates and that's that. Okay. She goes back to X Factor and she her telepathy because when she's uh, resurrected for um, X Factor, she doesn't have her telepathy. But mm. it slowly comes back and she slowly starts to get to her. She's an omega-level mutant without the Phoenix force. Right. With it, she's like a cosmic entity. Uh-huh. So it's always said that she's second to Professor X. I think as as really being the host of the Phoenix, she's superior. Because mm-hmm. that's well, I'm also getting at there's just so much. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she's fine. She goes back to X Factor. Madeline's out of the way. And then ultimately, I think they they uh forget what happens with Nathan but he sticks around a while. I think they, they take uh, control of Nathan or, or, or custody of Nathan. Uh-huh. They take him on board Apocalypse, Apocalypse's ship ship uh-huh. it's named ship and that's where they live in this like ship in, in New York but then eventually there's this desire editorially to bring X Factor and X-Men back together in one big team because for, for a number of years X-Men comics got really odd. Chris Claremont was building to this huge story with the shadow King where the shadow King was essentially going to manipulate all the different mutant factions into a huge war. And it was going to be this huge battle in which the shadow King would sort of, um, kill professor X Mm -hmm. and Magneto would be in charge of the X-Men, I guess for the second time at that point. Um, that didn't quite play out that way. And instead when the artists took over, they wanted to bring X-Factor back in line with the X-Men. And so they, they started to like sow the seeds for this and, and, um, In that case, and it was at that time that apocalypse infects young Nathan with the virus, and then a group called the Ascani take him into the future to like heal him. And after that storyline, they get folded back in to the X Men, and so she once more becomes an X Man. With everybody, okay. that's where she gets her like weird costume with the like pouches, the pillowy pouches oh, on the side. I'm not familiar with and that. And she <laughs> has no, and she has no code name. She's just Jean Grey. Jean Grey. Because up to that point, I think she goes back to Marvel Girl, mm. and then she's just Jean Grey for a whole long time. And that's uh, honestly, so they split the two teams. Cyclops is on the blue team. She's on the gold team. That's when Psylocke tries to like lure him away. But okay. I guess they try to take the most popular X Men and put them on one team, uh-huh. and then the like less popular... All oh, that's weird because I Storm I think is one of the most popular. She goes on Gold, but I guess they needed popular ones still for the Gold team. Anyhow, that's not what we're here <laughs> for. We're here for Jean fucking Grey. Um. So okay. So at this point, her and Scott are back together. They are very much back together um there is some temptation from gambit for like a hot second but then they go on to different teams and that never happens. well that's
1: because gambit is so charming well <laughs> gambit
0: was supposed to have another power which his power of charm was supposed to be like a mutant power to like affect people but that would never got developed mm. chris claremont left and he was always meant to be a traitor but that's for a gambit episode <laughs> that's for a gambit episode Okay. Uh, Oh, that's what I was saying. There was a whole time where the X-Men comics got weird. Storm was turned into a child, and they, uh you know, Psylocke was turned into an Asian Uh ninja. She Uh was a British woman, turned into an Asian ninja. Wolverine went a little crazy. Dazzler lost all her memories memories Uh after she joined. And, you know, it's the dissolution and rebirth era. And it took, like, two years for them to get back together. Mm -hmm. And that was... Once they merge back together, is when the merging of X Factor and X. X Men started to like happen. But anyhow, in, in the blue gold years, there's not much to say about Gene until those distinctions between the two teams start to break down. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's X Men number 25 where the wedding happens. Oh, what a beautiful- Between oh, Scott and. Scott and-,
1: fuck. <laughs>
0: Scott and Gene. And it's funny that Dazzler comes up because. Uh, I never forgot this. It's so gross. There's a, when they like do their first dance. There's the there's a band in the X Men comic books, which is Leela Cheney's like intergalactic band. Uh-huh. Leela Cheney is a mutant who can teleport, but she can teleport across like galaxies. Oh. At one point, Dazzler joins her band, but at this point, Dazzler's off in the Mojo Verse, getting fucked by shot. <laughs> <and> all <laughs> okay. sorts of things. Um, but uh, they play the song they dance to at the wedding is "One" by U Two. Oh. Yes. And then at one point she wants to dance with Charles and Charles, she's like, well, I can't, I'm in my wheelchair. <laughs> and she's, she's like, we don't need that. And she makes him levitate. <laughs> and she's like, but gee, not everybody knows we're mutants. She's like, for one day, I don't care or something like that. <laughs> and then they go off on their honeymoon and it's at their honeymoon where things get interesting because their minds get shunted into the far, far, far future mm. where they become red and she becomes red and Cyclops, I forget what his name is, where they have to raise Nathan, who was sent into the future. And it turns out the Ascani was founded by the mother Ascani, who is actually Rachel, who in her Excalibur years is shunted through time in order to resurrect Captain Britain. And it's in that far, far future that she brings, she, with the remainder of her Phoenix Force, which left her a long time ago, but the traces remain, she brings their psyches into the future to raise Nathan.
1: So, okay, is this just their minds into like two completely just different their minds. bodies?
0: Their bodies are on the some beach, okay, like on a honeymoon, <laughs> and and yeah, their the bodies, um, uh, yeah, it's the bodies look exactly like them. Oh, okay, it's, I think it's called the Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix, and it is in this series where Rachel is dying in the far, far future, and she says, "I want you to take the name of Phoenix to remember me." And that's where Jean finally makes peace, Hmm. despite the fact that she doesn't have the Phoenix Force anymore, starts going by Phoenix again. Okay. Um, Yeah. So she has another child sort of cable, which she kind of, I mean, if she has the memories of Madeline Pryor and she has the same body. Uh, Yeah. Same DNA and all that. It's really, I mean, it's complicated. Yeah. She just didn't have to go through childhood. Now, Rachel doesn't really (laughs) die. Okay. she eventually because that timeline gets overwritten, and she comes back and rescued by Cable in a later date, which is why we get to see her once more. Okay. Anyhow, I just think I, I put a <laughs> bow on that one. Uh, but yeah, so then um, Jean and 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 Cyclops are are happily wedded for many years, and uh, you know, not not really much happens after Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix until the whole you know, like the team starts to shift again. And then she... St- there was an intention, I believe, from the writers who took over after Scott Lobdell to actually make her the Phoenix again, but that doesn't happen. She goes off, and then there's a six-month gap. And in that, well, in the in storyline, mm-hmm. Chris Claremont comes back to the comic books. When he comes back, they move everything ahead six months. And there's been some weird power switch. Cyclops is dead at this point. Oh. Because Apocalypse... There's a storyline about 12 mutants who are going to save mutants and blah, blah, blah. Turns out it's like a a fake prophecy, something with Apocalypse. Anyhow, Apocalypse is grooming a clone of Cable from an alternate timeline uh-huh. to, <laughs> to be the new host for, to be the new host for Apocalypse's like spirit and mind. Mm. But Cyclops jumps in the way and he becomes the new host and then he gets killed. Oh, And then- With six, quotes, killed. killed. <laughs> six months later, he's still dead And Psylocke and Jean have switched powers. Oh. So now Psylocke only is telekinetic where she never was telekinetic before. Mm. And Jean is only telepathic, but she started wearing red and yellow like Dark Phoenix. And when she's on the astral plane, she manifests a Phoenix thing over her eye. Okay. So something is building, but then Chris Claremont's taken off of the titles before any of that can happen. Uh Turns out Cyclops is alive. But that whole storyline is dropped because then they fire Chris Claremont and they bring in Grant Morrison, who wow. does a pretty major
1: revamp of stuff. The way he gets... So what? Are they... Okay, uh, sorry to stop you there. But... No, no, I know. Oh. I just dumped a whole thing. <laughs> so... Is that, a, this is a question not just for X-Men, but is that something that's common that, like, if if an artist or a a, a writer or somebody is dropped, that they would just, like, drop the story yeah. as well and then just, like, start anew?
0: It doesn't happen as much anymore. They th- Usually they'll, like, take a couple issues to just tie up any loose ends. Uh-huh. But there's many, 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 many stories that have, like, even amongst, like, even Chris Claremont in his run. When the X-Men go through uh, this thing called the Siege Perilous and are reborn into new lives, mm-hmm. which starts the whole dissolution and rebirth, part of it, oh, it's not then, is it? It's before that. They fight this thing called the adversary and they die. But Roma, who's essentially like the daughter of Merlin, uh-huh. who's this intergalactic goddess type woman, resurrects them because she's so inspired by their heroism. And as part of their resurrection, they don't show up on any electronic recording devices. Mm. And, and people think they're like dead. Um, Uh So in fact, Gene thought they were all dead and they only meet again in in Inferno. Anyhow, that's neither here nor there. (laughs) But that storyline's dropped. They Uh can show up on, they show up on, I think Chris Claremont drops it eventually. So like that's one example, but many times when a new writer comes in, if it's just not something they're interested in, they just cut it. And Grant Morrison, he was brought in specifically to simplify as I'm sure Mm. from what I've described. Because after Claremont leaves, there's just a bunch of years where it pretty much spins its wheels. And the franchise doesn't really progress all that much. It's kind of like in a holding position, uh-huh. I, I would say. And the stories just feel like a lot of retread. I mean, there's a lot of apocalypse stuff. But other than that, it's just, it's very like spinning wheels. Whereas in Claremont's, there's a lot of change going. I mean, there team changes, members come and go, that kind of thing. Oh, I, there is something big I forgot about.
1: Ooh. So Tell the character us. of
0: Onslaught comes up. There's a Who is Onslaught? Onslaught is a gestalt personality, <laughs> a hybrid of... Professor X, when he mind-wiped Magneto, took his mind into him, and then pr- that, like, evil Magneto, who wasn't supposed to be evil, but that's a whole other story, <laughs> turned into this thing called Onslaught, which actually eventually kills all the Marvel heroes, or by killing, actually shunts them into another universe, and for a while, there's only X-Men, and, and there's no... Fantastic Four, Avengers. Did they just stop the books? They rebooted them in this Heroes Reborn universe with Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld, all the people who left for Image, who had originally taken over, like, Railroad of the X-Men line and then left to form their own company. Uh So they were were actually farmed out to them. And the X-Men stuff was going on, and this was all precipitated by Onslaught. But Jean's the first one to come into contact with Onslaught. And she has this memory where she finds out that Professor X was actually secretly in love with her. Oh God. Day, which is everyone's <laughs> reaction. And it's a quote taken from an early X-Men issue where this, this, Professor X said something about Gene who I love the most. And it's Onslaught revealing to Gene this before we know that Onslaught is really Charles perverted by Magneto. Uh-huh. And so this is one of the many times that and then I think eventually everyone defeats Onslaught and oh, whatever. <laughs> That's the other notable, big notable thing that happens in this intervening time. But until the Graham Morrison years, which is really her swan song of of the real gene. Uh-huh. That's it. There's not there's not much else that happens with her. Like, But yeah. she does eventually get the
1: phoenix again, doesn't she? Well, or...
0: so we're getting, now that's where we are. So, she at this point only has telepathy, but the way Grant Morrison decides to just wave that away is that there's a mutant population boom and as a result, mutants are developing secondary mutations. And her secondary mutation is that she has her telekinesis back. But it turns out her real power isn't that she's telepathic and telekinetic. Her mutant power is to be a vessel for the Phoenix. Um, And Graham Morrison does a lot of interesting interesting things with Phoenix because um, he implies that there's multiple Phoenixes and he creates this realm of the Phoenix called the White Hot Room. And so, in in the storyline, she slowly starts to reconnect with the Phoenix power um, and in that whole thing, there's some issues with Scott because he's still dealing with having been possessed by Apocalypse, and that's when Emma comes in and she's a sex therapist and like uh, literally a sex yeah, therapist. The Grant Morrison adds that she's in addition to giving her diamond form, adds that she's a sex therapist because wow. he changes all sorts of things. He makes the Hellfire Club a strip club, <laughs> uh, beautiful, and, and, and that kind of thing. And like so, G, uh, Scott and, and Emma start to have a psychic affair which Gene discovers. <laughs> and that's where the wedding starts to go. You know, things start to go south. And then in the, in the process of that, she's tempted by a character named Phantom X, mm. which is a great character. Anyhow, she starts to manifest the Phoenix and then the Shi'ar come to say, well, we need to kill you now because you have the Phoenix inside of you and, and you know, because they hate the Phoenix. And, or they, no, they, they leave the planet. That's what they do. They say, we're not having any more contact. Professor X is essentially, that's the end of his relationship with Lilandra. Empress of the Shi'ar, uh-huh. whom he lived with for like a hundred issues and we didn't see him for a while. Um, <laughs> but that's, of course, another story. <laughs> uh, and um, uh, so Gene starts to manifest uh, the Phoenix again, but it's slowly, slowly, slowly until it turns out through a whole machination that Magneto, who he thought was dead when Genosha was destroyed, is masquerading as this other character named Zorn. He reveals who he is, somehow tricks Wolverine and Gene to be on asteroid M heading for the sun and they're about to crash into the sun and Wolverine doesn't want to see Jean die and he knows he can live longer because of his healing factor so he kills her and killing her activates the phoenix inside of her and he Mm. manages; she manages to save them come to the planet while Magneto's destroying all of New York expose Magneto's plan and and all that jazz and she's full full full-on phoenix and then Magneto in his dying breath charges her with this, like, electromagnetic pulse and kills her, and she dies. And then she says, you know, to Scott, live, all I ever did was die on you. (laughs) It's very powerful. (laughs)
1: Jesus. Then for the (laughs) the
0: final story, it flashes forward to, I think, 200 years later, and a phoenix egg is discovered on the moon. A phoenix egg? Yes. And what happens is there's this character named John Sublime that runs throughout, which is a a mutated strand of DNA or mutated bacteria is what it is. And it, like, it's very convoluted. Through this drug called mutant growth growth hormone, manages to possess Beast, who becomes, like, the dark beast, Mm -hmm. evil beast. And he finds the egg, and the only X-Men living still are Wolverine, Cassandra Nova, who's Professor X's evil twin sister, rehabilitated (laughs) Uh, a giant sentinel, uh, and some other characters. And and Phoenix, again, is kind of like Dark Phoenix in this sense, and then... Wolverine, you know, confronts her and she comes to her senses and then ends up destroying that entire universe because the Phoenix, like, agency in the White Hot Room, <laughs> it, like, sent her to do this because not only is she a Phoenix, she's a Phoenix, she's a white Phoenix of the crown. Whatever the fuck so she's me, like She's like an uber royalty. Phoenix. She's like an uber <laughs> Phoenix. And then she goes and it's a loop where she from the future sends the message back for Scott to live because Scott had to choose between Emma and Jean and she's essentially saying pick Emma and live your life don't you know fret Uh over me and then Jean doesn't really die she's essentially in an egg on the moon only to be resurrected in the future and she's back in the white hot room
1: Uh, okay (laughs) is she like time wise like in that theory, is she on the moon right now? I as think an egg? if
0: we were to take that, she is in an egg right now on the moon. Okay, always <laughs> the moon, always the moon uh, for, for Phoenix. Always goes people. back to the moon. Now, there's another storyline that comes up. There was a, a storyline called Phoenix End Song, in which, in a half crazed
1: state, she comes out of the white hot room, but then it goes right back in it. Okay. Um. Wow. Uh, we are getting close to time, but I wanted to touch on some stuff. <laughs> we talked a lot. Uh, it's very uh, convoluted. It, it, I don't know how to it, condense it like fifty
0: years of continuity. I,
1: I do have a few questions uh, before we end. Um, I want to know the Phoenix Force is like this entity, this cosmic mm-hmm. entity. Can it be killed? Well, it was, even though it's coming back. It likes re- <laughs> it
0: likes possessing redheads, but sometimes men too. But okay. usually redheaded women. Uh, A character named Hope came around who everybody thought was actually going to be Jean, but it was just a character named Hope who's supposed to be this vessel for the Phoenix. And then Scarlet Witch, much like she said, no more mutants, says no more Phoenix. Mm. And that kills the Phoenix, but now the Phoenix is coming back again.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, that's fair.
0: Well, and this was in a big storyline in which the Phoenix did come back and ended up possessing, was supposed to possess Hope. It didn't. It possessed
1: Cyclops, Emma,
0: Frost, Colossus, Magic and name more uh-huh. and that's actually where Jean, the real gene makes her final appearance <laughs> where after scott kills professor x and goes insane and be- becomes like dark scott phoenix uh-huh. she calls him an idiot yeah.
1: <laughs> from the <laughs> she white calls H- back, she calls him an idiot she calls from the back white house to rip. call it's him like, an, idiot, Sky, an idiot and then she's like okay bye <laughs> yeah pretty much
0: pretty much <laughs> nice. so it can be killed but then it all but the phoenix is the whole
1: point is that it always rises mm-hmm. from the ashes Okay, I mean that. Yeah, that's perfect poetry. There, there you go. Um, <laughs> and then I wanted to ask you uh, quickly. Right now, young time displaced Jean oh, Grey God. is kind of like battling whether or not she wants to be right. possessed by the Phoenix, and uh, or like she fears that the Phoenix is coming for her, and she's trying to find out a way to like fight it off.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I, uh, I think one of her most recent issues, she's like off training with Thor. To like figure that's out why how. I, to that's fight. why I can't read it. <laughs>
0: what the fuck does
1: Thor have to do with it? Because Anyhow. she like wants to fight the Phoenix Force or something. I hope she uh, fucking loses
0: and gets put into uh, a Chris.
1: The thing that confuses me is that she learns how to use like psionic weapons. I guess mm-hmm. out of this this training session with sure. him, which is weird because why didn't she go to like, Psylocke to do that? But anyway, <laughs> has uh has Jean Grey ever done something like that where she uses like a psionic weapon? No, not really. She okay. doesn't
0: usually, that's more of a a, a Psylocke thing. Right. Yeah, she doesn't usually manifest weapons, although New Gene met an alternate future gene who was never possessed by the Phoenix. Oh. Who has extra powers that 616 gene never had. This current gene is actually an alternate universe gene, it was revealed. Right. They recently revealed that. They recently revealed that <clears throat> she's not really past gene. She's a different gene. Uh-huh. Which she's, but like also, I hate. I just
1: <laughs> she's so plucky. I hate her hairstyle. I don't like her new. When before she got her yes, own seriously, for much before, better at, before uh, IVX or whatever, like her hair look was perfect and I loved her. I at, still like the and yes. I agree with
0: you. I was really into it, and then the what a what a difference a haircut can do. <laughs> now nah, she's just some like plucky bitch. I don't. I do not like her. I do not, and also like <laughs> fuck you for not wanting to be the Phoenix. Like just fucking, it. it's your it's your destiny, bitch. Like it is her destiny. Like I just, I hate it. I, I absolutely do, hate it. And, and then one of my
1: last que- <laughs> one of my last questions: Do you, if you're possessed by the Phoenix, have to be evil? No, no, okay. because Rachel never turned evil.
0: Uh huh. She managed it actually very very well. Okay. Rachel was very well adjusted, and Jean's second time as Phoenix didn't make her create. I mean. It's pretty much established that the Phoenix is this entity that kind of uses her when it needs to, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it doesn't have to be. I think the whole idea, the reason why it went evil, is because it put her re- the real gene in that cocoon and patterned herself after Gene, but never had that actual human anchor. Mm-hmm. And when I feel like the Phoenix just bonds with the host rather than replacing the host, mm-hmm. it, that humanity anchors it. Mm-hmm. But oh, I you know in Marvel. The, the godlike powers ultimately must overwhelm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, uh, and then my last question—I don't know if I already said last one—but this one's the last one. Uh, would you want to see Jean come back in any capacity? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would love for her to come back and burn this bitch up. This little <laughs> burn this little
0: imposter bitch up. No, I'd like to see her come back. It's the X Men is at an interesting place because most of the pillars are dead. Pro- well, Professor X is deadish, although he might be alive pending whatever's going on Uh with the shadow king um but cyclops or old cyclops Uh is dead you know gene's dead professor x's body is dead some major like you know angel original angel has a completely his personality is dead it's just a different character essentially running around beast is you know off with inhumans the rest of them are behaving like Mark Guggenheim characters. So, <laughs> you know, it's just like it's at a weird time where where most of the pillars are are dead or insane or uh-huh. evil. Wolverine is dead. The real Wolverine. Uh-huh. You know.
1: It's oh, a whole other fucking story.
0: Don't even get me started. You know how many different wolverines? There's Lady Wolverine, Clone Wolverine. There's Alternate Timeline Sun Wolverine. There is my favorite bisexual Sun Wolverine. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's old man. It's like come on, it's like the Superman family except edgier with claws. I don't know, but um, but yes, I would like to see that come back. I think and the a... clone has a clone. Oh no! Oh, she does, right? That's she does.
1: true. <laughs> with one claw, oh, no. <laughs> versus it's the two. Much. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. I like her. She recently bonded with uh,
0: Deadpool. I don't. I don't. I actually do like uh X twenty three. I just don't like her when she's Wolverine. Mm. Oh, sorry. No, that's fine. That's that's fine. You know, um. but yes, I would like to see original Jean come back. Not even necessarily as Phoenix. That's like a been there, done that. But her character is so interesting and I think has been through so much. I'd like to see if she came back, like, not be caught up with a, a Scott. Uh-huh. Because a Scott has a great way of ruining the best characters.
1: <laughs> well he's dead now he's so d- i mean before I mean, to bring him back <laughs> so yeah yeah i i would i would like to see her come back even though i don't know her as well as a lot of i mean i think out of all the mutants i i know her story the best but i don't it, know w- once her you get well.
0: through and you if you plan on reading all your oh X-Men, i'm going to yes. you'll you'll come around especially once you get to the grant Morrison stuff the way he handles the death is is very well done
1: okay cool um so now let's wrap it up in a nice pretty bow. Tell me uh why why Phoenix or why Jean Grey stands out to you so much.
0: Well, it's just such a such a It's such an epic arc. And I tend to like characters that that are like kind of all powerful. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. You know there's this whole trend where like oh we have to depower so and so cuz they're not relatable and we can't write stories. I find the stories are just more epic mm-hmm. that way. I guess how 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 far can that go? You do have to keep on topping yourself. But I think there's something very interesting and, and this process of her dying and coming back all the time and being this, like, example that so many people are, are sort of finding... It's interesting that there's so many characters put her on this pedestal. She's on this pedestal. And fans put her on that pedestal. But there is a good character in there who really just wants to, like, be in love with Scott but all these things happen. Mm-hmm. And then he turns out to be, like, an aloof asshole. And it's just, like... She's torn. She wants, like, Wild Man Wolverine. She's just got all these <laughs> passions in her which get to be physically manifested in this, like, firebird that kills people. Like, she's just a very fascinating character. Mm-hmm. Her arc from, like, Weak Link to uber-powerful, you know, it's just interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. why. I mean, it's hard for me to pick X-Men characters because, I, as you know, went back. I wanted to do White Queen. I almost was like, fuck it, let's do Storm. <laughs> but the female characters on the X-Men, especially Chris Claremont writing them, firing away with the exception of wolverine better written and magneto are better written than any of them like mm. you could do an episode on rogue on, yeah. on rachel yeah. they're just so much more complex and interesting than the men for some reason mm-hmm. the men are just assholes in x-men comic books for the
1: most part well they can be one note
0: yeah Yeah, they're except for wolverine who has his like arc but like when i think of like cyclops <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: ew <laughs> um and then I just thought of another question. Oh, well, of course you did. <laughs> uh, and this is the very last one. Did Jean Grey ever herself, not a clone or anything else, time displaced, did she ever have her own baby? No, she's never given birth mm. to an actual child. Would you want to see that? Would I want to see? Well,
0: yeah, I, I I would love it if like maybe while she was dying in in the in the going into the sun that maybe like Wolverine fucked her. <laughs> <laughs> and that the baby is, like, born in this cosmic incubator in the white-hot room. So when she finally reemerges, she's, like, pregnant. Mm-hmm. And she's got this, like, almost Christ-like mega phoenix baby. Uh-huh. Don't you think that would be good? That that would probably be. Really I mean, it would good. be a very. A, what a story! If like Wolverine, while she was dying, fucked her. But like uh-huh. maybe his animal, his animal instincts kicked in. You know, his animal instincts kicked in. He's like, ah, oh, I gotta, I gotta have this bitch. And then he like fucks her as the sun. You know, they she's dying and they're burning and they're fucking and she's getting pregnant. How good that would actually be
1: good. Marvel, especially under the Disney regime, would never uh-huh. allow it, but. One can dream. Oh, wow. Okay, do you want anyone to follow you anywhere or check out what you're doing anywhere on social media or anything like that? Oh, yes,
0: you could. uh, Really, the best place is Instagram, at Darren Corp. You may not find pretty much any comic book related stuff, except for maybe this amazing classic X-Men t-shirt I'm wearing is there. But you can find... Uh, through there and also on YouTube you can check out my Darren Corp channel so unfortunately there's not much comic book related stuff there <laughs> but it is very comic book inspired I have to say my writing style is very influenced by Chris Claremont nice. he uses huge words that I had never learned <laughs> before then and 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 there's just something about the like the way he does it that I has continues to inspire me so there we go. <laughs> <Nice>. maybe inadvertently
1: <laughs> well thank you so much for doing my show thank you Yay. for having me <laughs> So that was Darren Herzog. Yay. Thank you, Darren. Um, That was a fun interview. I really enjoyed that one. Um, I have a lot of fun with him. He is a silly guy. Anyway, so yeah, all his social media and everything will be in the show notes uh, or not the show notes on the guest page because that's where he'll be. But if you go to the show notes, then his face will link to his guest page. Um, All right. So now it's time for the recommendations. Okay. There isn't many. There's one uh it's it's a it's a game uh that i finally finished i started last year in november and i finally finished because i finally got back into it it's an rpg it's called child of light this game is very beautiful um it's it, it was a little bit hard for me to get to oh it's developed by ubisoft uh montreal uh it was a little hard for me to get into because it was so different it's an rpg uh and it's like a side scroller rpg um but the art is beautiful. I absolutely love the art Um, and the music is great. And this is actually composed by an artist from Montreal. Um, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, but it's a Cœur de Pirate um, or Cœur de Pirate. (laughs) It's basically Pirate Heart, but uh, she's an artist in Montreal or out of Montreal. And Uh, I think this is the first thing that she's ever composed herself, like a video game or a movie or anything. Like she's never done it before. And that's the dog squicking away. Um, But anyway, I love the music. The music is so great. It's it's very, um, it reminds me a little bit of like a Danny Elfman, which is basically a Prokofiev, if you know who that is. Um, (laughs) It reminds me a little bit of that, except maybe even more, actually not more but it, it it's like a it's that but like a children's fairy tale version of that uh because denny elfman sometimes makes music that is uh, a bit it is fairy tale-ish but it's a bit more fantastical and i feel like what she composed was was more within the feel of what this game was and what the fairy tale of it was it's appropriate it's great and i really enjoyed it um so I went and got the music. <laughs> uh, you can find it on Bandcamp, I believe. But yeah, it's also on like iTunes and all that stuff. So anyway, that's my recommendation. It's a video game. I believe it's on all platforms. You can get it on like PS3, Xbox, Xbox One. I didn't pronounce that right. Um, PlayStation 4, PC. I think I already said PC. Uh, it might even be on Steam. I don't know. It's everywhere. But you can get it. It's a fun game. It's a simple RPG. Um, as far as like the game mechanics go, it's great. Um, yeah, that's, that's my recommendation and that's pretty much all I have for you guys. Um, there was something else I was going to talk about, but you know what? Let's just make it done already. Cause we are already past an hour and 20 minutes and you guys are probably so sick of hearing my voice, but not before we get into the logistics of being a listener. Yay. <laughs> um, Go on iTunes. Oh, we're on Google Play now. I thought we were on everything before, and apparently we were not. Um, but we are now on everything. So so, so, so tell all your friends. Um, but go on iTunes. Go on everything. Give me some ratings. Give me some reviews. That helps this show get out there to more people like you. We can create a community here, you guys. Remember, I always invite you to, to comment on the episodes, to tweet at me. I'm at LevRichardC. That's my personal Twitter account. You guys le Richard C. Um, but the, the show itself is interview a comic nerd. Um, yeah. So yeah, like I said, go to the show notes, um, leave comments on there. You can email me directly. If you go to that, uh, the contact page, I'll get a email privately just to me. Uh, so if you don't want me reading any of your comments or anything, I won't. I'll keep it to myself. If you don't want it seen or whatever, but yeah, it's a co- it's it's a it's an open forum for anyone to to express what they want about what they heard or about what they want me to know about because I want to know what's good share your comic books with me and your recommendations with me. I love talking to people about this because I could easily just go on Google and find out all the information about all these characters and all these comic books, but I don't, I want to actually have a conversation with people and that's what I find fun. So yeah, I invite you guys to talk to me, talk to me. Um, I don't know if that's an actual song, Um, but anyway, yeah, that's it. Thank you guys for listening to another episode like I said, we'll be going uh, every other week for about a month or two, uh, and then we'll get right back into the jam of how how we do this. You know, um, I'm excited for what the future holds right now, and and hopefully you guys will enjoy what I'm gonna be putting out. And that's about it. You guys, stay lovely, be kind to one another, and we will see you next time. Bye.